Welcome back, Al. Welcome back, Al. Lords and Lords ladies, and ladies to, to Milk and Screams. Screams. This is episode, episode 20. 20. Kyle is just this, the sexiest, sexiest guy in this room. room. Uh-huh. uh-huh. This is going to be yeah, a good day, folks. It <laughs> <laughs> it's episode 20, and I'm pretty stoked about it. Vente. Very stoked in about Spanish. it. Um, yeah. And to commemorate that, Jacob, I pose a challenge, to, a game to you game. that we were we were just discussing. I would like you to just attempt to say a sentence that has never been said in the history of mankind by anybody ever. Just try and think of anything, put a sentence out there that you think has never been said before. The dolphins, grapes, never blew up. All right. The dolphin. Now, is that they're grapes, or is that a euphemism for oh, the dolphins' they, testicles? No, they're grapes. Okay. They own a, a vineyard. They own, the dolphins. <laughs> the dolphins' grapes from with the vineyard in which they possess mm-hmm. blew up, or have never blown they up. Have never blown up. Now, I bet you someone has said those the are dolphins, some lucky dolphins. No, the do, I bet you someone has said the dolphins' grapes have blown up. Oh, for sure. But never blown up. Never have the grapes not blown up. Right. That's where you come in. <laughs> and that's how we celebrate episode 20 a random sentence that's never been said before until now i hope that's never been said before i don't think so i don't think it's ever been said and i don't think anyone's ever gonna know like if someone on the other side of the world right now was like said that exact <laughs> sentence and was like i don't think that's ever been if said someone before on the other side of the world was like the dolphin <laughs> <laughs> if someone was just like hey say a sentence and that person was like the dolphins grapes uh, never blew up they uh, they could just come right here and realize that they were wrong and they're not that special. You were special first, oh, so congratulations. You. Thank you. Do you want to take a stab at it? Oh no, you you celebrated. You celebrated. Okay. I mean, I, just, I was just trying to share the opportunity, make you feel special. I will say though, whenever I have thought about that before, my first instinct as well is always for some reason an animal. Yeah, because when you when you form a sentence, the first thing you think of is a noun. Instead of, yeah. you know, an expository, you know, so you think of a noun first and then the noun does something and then, you know, something Because I would do this a lot when I was younger. Yeah. Especially when, as a kid. For some reason, that was a big thing of mine just in my head, but never – I wouldn't voice it to people. But in my head, I would be like, I'm going to think of a sentence that has never been thought of or said before. And it was always – I, the first time I did it, but then every time after that, it was always a turtle and peanut butter that showed up into my head. And I was like, I can't do those two things again. I've done it before. I got to think of something else. But it was always a turtle and peanut butter for whatever reason. Peanut butter is great, but I don't have any attachment to turtles. But I always thought of a turtle. Yeah. You know, I, you know another reason that you're special for episode 20, you're half-vaxxed. I'm half-vaxxed. You, you, you're still half-vaxxed, right? I'm half-vaxxed. Mm-hmm. If we do one of two things. Uh, we'll don't. become fully vaxxed. Okay, what are the if we morph together into one person? Mm, well, that's okay. That's the third thing. Um, so two actual things. <laughs> if we like transfuse each other's bloods, like if I take a vial of my blood, you take a vial of your blood, we put it in there. That equals a full vax. We'd be fully vaccinated and save ourselves a trip to. Well, the- only one of us would get that full vax though. What? No, I see that doesn't make sense to me. And then you're going to be like, no, nonsense. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense. So, well, it makes more sense for us to morph into one person. No, okay, Kyle, how does that make sense? I have I have one half of a vax, uh-huh. and you have one half of a vax. Uh-huh. If we put those two halves together, what do we have? A whole, a one vax. So I'm saying, take our bloods and put them, you know, like a, like a little bit of my blood, a little bit of your blood, into each other, 
and that would make us a full vax. That would make a full vax for one person. Like if we took why our, would it not make it for full people? I'm, so, I'm confused. If we took our blessing because there a there's a lot of problems with this. Oh no, Kyle, stop! A if you were to take that 100% vax okay. and then split that into two, it's not going back to half vax. We'd both get 100% vax, but it wouldn't be enough to work because obviously the dosage would be incorrect. Right. I, I'm just using very simple math here. I'm not trying to make us perfect. I'm just trying to make, save us a trip to CVS. <laughs> and then two. And two would be kiss a lot. No, if we no, no, no. I'm saying the second problem with the oh. blood. <laughs> if we kissed enough, I think it would. No, I don't want to do that. I mean, neither. I'm just At saying that, that would be a solution. If we were like, if we were down on our luck, like, man, I just really don't want to drive to CVS again. And also, that would not be a solution. Why not? You that know, would also not. You never know until you try. I think I do know. <laughs> <laughs> I think a quick Google search would tell me that that wouldn't work. You never know. Anyway, what was your second problem with that again? Uh, the second problem would be that. Uh, these two doses are very different from each other and you get the majority of the of the vaccine from the first dose so if we actually put them together we might have more than 100 percent of a vax and we might actually just end up giving ourselves something too much of it that we don't want then we probably get superpowers actually Matt, yeah let's go ahead and do that then if that's the case <laughs> let's just go ahead and mutate and see right, what happens cool cool that's awesome i'm excited to get vax bro yeah so you just got yours this past monday mm-hmm and then obviously I got we talked about it last time I think I got mine oh, yeah. on the fifth the Monday before, so in a little over a week I'll be able to go get get, get my second dose. Yeah, I'm I'm getting mine in May, so that's that's really cool. I'm excited about that. I'm very. Excited. I'm wondering if I mean I I mean I don't think I've ever talked about it on here. I donate plasma every once in a while. I wonder if I can't do that anymore because I have the vaccine now. Maybe for a little well. Mm, they probably won't let me. Maybe for a little while. Yeah, that kind of sucks. I yeah. actually don't know what the science behind that would be. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know. I'll have to call and ask. But anyway, that's kind of boring. Why, why would I talk about that? Um, hey, that's you know what? That's a little life hack for any. If you know, for years down the road, when plenty of people are listening to this and you're in college, easy way to make money is donate some plasma. Oh yeah, yeah, it's really easy. And go do that. It's um, it's you know not fun, but it's just easy. My uncle, when he was here in college, he did two things to make money because I don't believe that he worked. Um, he would do two things: he would sell plasma or platelets, you know, mm -hmm. depending on whichever one was giving him more money at the time. And there was a place here; it was called A Plus Studies or something, and you could sell your notes for a class to there, and then people could come into the store and buy someone else's notes that they had sold to the store, and then you got some of that money. So, so genius. If you didn't want to hold on to your notes because you didn't think you'd need them for a future class, you could sell them. I'm, I'm, I'm sure now that's some kind of online service. I think it um, is, yeah. There's, where it's just, just like, that's so genius. Yeah, but you know, he would make money off that, and he would make sure that his notes were well taken so that people would like recognize his name when they went to the store and be like, oh, that's, that's Randall's notes. I remember his notes from this other class. They were really good, so I want his again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he would make money that way. Taking notes sucks, doesn't it? I honestly don't mind it because, like, if I don't take notes at a class, the class goes by way slower. Really? But if I, I'm, I, I can understand. Like, that. if I'm paying attention and actually writing, may, I'm, maybe sometimes I'm not fully paying attention, but if I'm at least writing what the teacher is writing and or saying, then the class goes by faster for me. Yeah. Um. I think, like, for me, the main thing that bothers me with taking notes is I have such a short, short attention span. So right. like if I'm just if I don't pay attention for like five seconds, I just go off into a weird, weird train of thought and 
I will not come back. <laughs> I can't do what some people do. I can't take notes on a computer. Like, I mean, obviously I can't. Like, I know how to type. But I'm way more apt for taking notes with, with writing and being able to draw right there. Which, again, my computer's touchscreen. I could draw on a Word document if I wanted to. I just really prefer it on paper for some reason. Yeah. I don't like typing while taking notes. It just it bothers me for some reason. I think if there was an, an, a better way to do it besides Word... Like if there was like an actual like note taking app that wasn't just like you typing and then like hitting enter, I feel like that would be a little better for me, you know. Like and definitely not writing on an iPad is not you know nearly as better. But like I I, I don't like like I tried doing it for some of my classes and like it just it didn't work and it definitely didn't retain as much because it wasn't writing it down, you know. Typing right. Yeah. Because something about because obviously they talk about when you'll you'll remember something better if you write it down. Yeah. And I think that applies more when you're actually writing than it does to typing. I'm. I. It depends, honestly. It I, depends on the person, but for me, it definitely applies more to if I physically write it with a pencil than I type it. I'll remember it. I'll remember more what I wrote than I will what I typed. I think those tests that are done are kind of skewed in a way, and here's why. I use typing to remember things a lot, like passwords and like short little things or like little reminders. For passwords, I go back and read those several different times. So it. If you're doing it just once, right? If you're typing something once and then you're writing something once, I think you will retain the first time. The, the, for the first time, you'll retain the writing more. But over time, it'll be about the same because if you're trying to remember like a password, like for example, the safe code at work, I wrote it in my notes on my phone. If I wrote it down on a piece of paper and went back and looked at it the same amount of times, it would be the same results. You see what I mean? Yeah. Because I'm because I'm reading it, you know, over and over and over again. So eventually, I would like be able to recall it like nothing else. I think for me. I remember things better written down than I do typed because like the way that I take tests after I've studied whatever's in my notebook is I can see exactly like I can, I can see my notebook in my head and I can mm -hmm. see exactly where I wrote an equation, like what part of the page that was on and like what, you know, it was at the top third of the page. And then under that was some picture that I drew. Like I can see my notes in my head. And I think it's because I know my handwriting that I remember it better than just typing. Because, like, if I have an equation, like, maybe I wrote a symbol a little oddly or something. And so when I see it in my head during the test, I can think of – I see that equation. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that symbol looked a little weird, and mm -hmm. I remember what that looked like. Whereas typing, you know, the letters are essentially perfect because you're typing. Yeah. And I don't remember anything as easily than I do with my unique handwriting because right. everything looks different, and it makes it easier for me to remember, if that makes sense. You know what's wild? There are some people who – cannot um see something in their head they can't like imagine something and like have like a vision in their head mm. there are some people who can't i forget what i forget what that term is there's a term for it but they can't visualize something in their head so like like you just described with your notes they'll never be able to do that yeah that's wild you know what boggles my mind hmm. is what boggles your mind kyle just artists in general like if i'm an artist right and I can see the I can see a horse head like in my brain. I, I can visualize it. I can't I can't just draw it yeah. on paper. Like if you if you give me an image to replicate, I can replicate it really well. That's something I'm really good at. But if you're just like draw a horse head in my head, I can see exactly what a horse's head looks like. And I can even imagine a sketched version of it that I'm probably adept to do. 
but I can't make that happen on paper unless I'm physically seeing it next to the paper I'm going to draw it yeah. on. I can't pull it out of my head and draw it like an artist can. It boggles my mind that people have that ability. It's like the structure of the, you know, you literally have to think about the structure of the, the, the skeletal structure of the horse to draw a horse like that. Like even a human face, like to make it realistic, you have to like put depth into the nose and then like i'm looking at your face right now i'm trying to like think about how i would even start drawing it i could not even yeah like you begin. said death like death to the nose and like you know the nostrils and the cheekbones to make the nose look like it's more out than the face is and death into the eyes so they're not just at the same level as the nose and it's the, so crazy how people are so good at that like again we could see a face in our head and be like i could draw that if it were next to me and I was replicating Maybe. it, I mean, not a human face. That's pretty yeah, advanced hard. stuff. But, you know, like a horse head hmm. or like like I have this book back home of how to draw different Disney characters. Mm -hmm. And I've drawn a couple of them really, really well. And I know exactly what they look like in my head. I, I, I couldn't just pull it out of my head and put it on paper, though. That's just impossible. Yeah. For me, because <sighs> I'm going on because I don't know how to do it. I'm, and I've talked to some people about this, that they didn't used to be able to do it either, but it's something that you're able to do with practice, mm. which I honestly don't know how much I believe that. Like, of course, I believe them when they say that's what happened for them. Mm. But for me, it seems so foreign that in my head, it doesn't matter how much I would practice that. There's no way I'd ever be able to do it. It's kind of like me with playing an instrument. I don't think I'd ever like, I mean, I know it sounds crazy, but I... And I, I, I never have really tried. Right. But I just cannot f perceive myself learning that so well that I'm just able to just play something. Right. Which is so sad because I love music. Um, but yeah. Dang. You know, we should just we should just teach you an instrument. I would. That'd be wonderful. I would be open to that, even if it was like just like basic keyboard. Cool. Let's just teach you an instrument. We know. We know what we're gonna do now. We know what we're, we're dedicating your life to is learning the basics of the keyboard. Okay. If you die knowing that, you'll die happy, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that That'll solve everything. <laughs> um, well, I don't think that we said it at the top of the episode, but nope. it's part two of European excursions. Um, I'm going to be talking again because I don't want Jacob to talk. Cool. Just kidding. This is Jacob's time. This is France time. Uh, which Paris, France. He mentioned a couple times last episode, obviously when we were talking about Europe, that he went to France in the same time that I was in Germany. Mm -hmm. uh, I was there for six weeks. He was in France for two, which mm -hmm. happened to fall in my six weeks. So, uh, well, I guess I'll just hand it over to you. So I'm going to yeah. stop talking for a while the way that you stopped talking last episode, <laughs> except I'll probably interject more because that's who I am. Yeah, I mean, I'm cool with that. I like conjecture and talking about stuff. Perfect. Um, so, uh, yeah, my, my trip was a bit different than yours. Um, and it, I did school while I was there, but not nearly as much as you did probably and on a much lesser degree. Um, basically, to make this trip a credit, they have to, like, make it a um, – well, to make, this trip, to make this trip happen, they have to make it a class essentially. So – they like you know ask about your experience and your culture shock, and then they have you write an essay about it and have a journal and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it, it, but it counts as a history credit, um, or like a, like a not an arts credit, but it's like it's like a like one of, like a, a general ed credit of some sort, like a yeah, it, it counts as a, as a gen ed, yeah. Okay, um, did, did it count as like a human? Do you know what exactly like a humanities? Yeah. Okay. Um, so it was a humanities credit, um, but. I mean, and it was a really easy one too. A lot of people didn't finish it. Like they were just like, "No, nah, I'm not going to do it." 
I was like, oh, well, that's a waste of money and time. Because they had to pay for oh, the Oh, so they, like they went to France, but then they didn't do the stuff that required it to count? <laughs> well, yeah. Like, like they didn't – like there was a huge essay you had to write. It was really long, but, you know, it, that was all you had to do for the class. To right. Get, to get a, you know, a passing grade, and they didn't do it. Um, but anyways, um, I also had to um, – I also had to perform several different times in France, which is something I like to throw out there every once in a while if I'm ever introducing myself or like – you know, trying to, you know, impress them. I'm like, yeah, right. I performed in France, you know. Like your icebreakers around a circle. That, Hi, I'm Jacob. Uh, I performed in France because uh, I'm What'd very you talented. I, I sung. <laughs> I sung and danced. I sang? I sung. Um, I, I sang. I singed. Um, so to start off, I'd like to talk about my first week. You know, that makes sense. Um, that's so stupid. Anyways, um, we left... Uh, from VPS, I think we flew to Tampa or one one of those airports, one of the really big ones down south. Right, and from there we went the eight hour flight over to, um, I think we flew into Paris. That makes sense. But from Paris we had so the whole first day was a blur, because it was just planes, trains, automobiles. We were just traveling all day long oh yeah it was like like 18 hours of traveling total and it was just non-stop so we of course we left in the morning you know for the for the plane ride um and then when we got to there we had to take the train like three hours and that was a mess because of course we had to go through customs right so we go through customs as a group but then to get onto the train you have 45 seconds so the train stops for 45 seconds you get on the train leaves right so here we are 40 kids um who are just bewildered a lot of them kyle a lot of them are dumb (laughs) (laughs) i didn't know where we were gonna go with that um and i don't mean dumb as in like like just very stupid but just like not paying attention right and not prepared. Joe has, t- my director has told us, "Hey, this is going to be a lot of heavy lifting for the for the men because they're going to have to lift all the luggage and move all the stuff for forty people, and there's only like eight of us, maybe ten of us max. So it's going to be a lot of you know grunting and groaning and stuff like that." And we're like, "Okay, that's hot." So we all kind of gather, and then I just kind of look around, like, "Where's Joe at?" And then Joe's like. Ready, ready. I'm like, oh god. The big high snap. Yeah. He the train comes in and just scrambling. I mean, everyone was like, What's going on? And I'm like throwing luggage, running down the corridor, like just, you know, just getting it onto the train. You know, right. Trying to you know I mean, it took like of course it took about like forty five seconds because that was the only time we had a lot of because the train's on a very strict schedule. Everyone just was just bewildered. Like, what's going on? Like, just sit down. Why are you throwing my suitcase all over the place? <laughs> it was so stressful. Like, I was, I was like, okay, is everyone on the train? Does everyone have their stuff? Okay, bye. We sat down. Me and Michael played uh, Smash Brothers for a while. Yeah. Um, and there was this guy who was our tour guide that we actually met in France. Um, but he was an American. Um, so I was forgot, forgot to mention this. Our the the school's president came on our trip. Um, him and his wife, and then um. They had um, a travel guide that they had known forever. I mean, just forever. And his name was Gary. Gary was the most gay man I've ever met in my entire really? life. 
um, and the most iconic gay man, <laughs> I will say. Um, he he would just say the most funniest things. And I, I wish I could remember some of the quotes that he said because some of them were just so iconic and so funny. We would just we would just spout them off like, you know. Mm. But me and my – like they would just talk about – like they, he, he was sitting – we were in the, our little cabin and across from us we can see Joe, Allison, our, our teachers, professors, and then Gary. And Gary's just like just talking, 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 talking. And like he will not stop talking. Me and Michael are like – holding ourselves laughing because he's just so funny um the way he's talking to allison and joe who are just like trying to get some sleep because they're just so exhausted and tired right. it was just the funniest thing and then we have to get off the train and no one knows where their luggage is at so like the last 30 minutes i'm kind of like okay we should probably find out where our luggage is at so we can because like people who were sitting at the front of the train just kind of gave us their luggage and we threw it wherever so it could be on the way to the back of the train so i was like okay. right Everyone needs to wake up and find their luggage. So that way we can get off in like one piece. Um, someone left their luggage on the train, so they had to call the train company. It was a disaster. Jeez. Yeah. And then we got onto a bus, which, which was even better. We had to get on a bus, but then we see, drive for another hour and a half into where we got to Newmontier. Now, I've never been able to say that correctly, but it is this super long French word, but it's this little island um, off the eastern coast of france i want to say um eastern coast of france new one new it's like new it's such a weird word to say but it's it's a beautiful place it's very beautiful it's a little small little island where we're going to live for the next week um funny this place has a sister city ship with crestview uh, where we're both from, um, and the reason why this, oh, that's right, and the reason why this whole place, this whole exchange exists at all, is because of um, that sister city ship. So it, it dates back to like World War One or two, I think, where you know Eglin did something, like the, the Air Force Base did something, you know, for that mm-hmm. for that area of France, and they've had a, they've had a ongoing sister city ship ever since. And I drove by that little sign in Crestview that says <clears throat> "City of France, New Montier, or whatever, for twenty years. Drove by and never once thought I will go there one day yeah. and live with a family. Um, that is so. Before the trip, we we always we bring a housewarming gift to our to our host family because they don't get like any payment for it. Like they just you know they're so hospitable and they house us for a, you know a week. They're just super nice. So me and Michael took a picture right in front of one of those signs um, to give to them because it was so because because they, they have signs there too. So we were like, hey, we'll take a picture um, there. In, in Crestview with a sign, and we'll take one when we get to New Montier, right? Um, with our host family, so we did that and gave them a bottle of wine and stuff like that. Our host parents were named Claudine and Gerard. Um, Gerard, uh, we uh, oh, what was his name? We made up a name for him because he was in the military, but I can't remember the name now because it was like general in, in French. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what it is. I have no idea. I don't speak French. It wasn't because I, I thought we were going to call him Captain, but Captain wasn't right. Hold on. Let me look up General. Hold on. It's going to take a second. Sorry. Should have been more prepared. I told him to get prepared, people. I said, make a list. Yeah, write things did. down. I think we just called him General. General. Um, General. General. <laughs> I speak um, French now. Yeah. We called him General Gerard. And, um, they were just amazing. The most 
insanely nice, hospitable, sweet people ever. And they didn't speak much English, right? That was what I was going to get into next. Um, we don't speak any French, and they don't speak any English. Hardly any at all. Like Now, there are people there who spoke English. Right. Um, it's a very common language there. And they, they learn, and like, like Kyle said last week, they, they learn it in kindergarten. So I think maybe that may have, may have been a thing that was introduced later. After, after These guys are in their 70s. Right. Um, so, the, the, you know, they may not have learned it or have been 60 years since they've ever looked at English. So they, they didn't think about it. Um, much because you know they didn't think they were any, they would ever need it. We were their first uh, hosting, like the they, the first people they ever hosted on the, in their house. Their little house was so beautiful. I, I cannot. I, I I go back and look at memories of that stuff and like you know um, pictures and stuff. And I just get like dumbfounded at how beautiful mm. the island is. Um. So Claudine and Gerard, um, they have a you know, nice little house, and we come in, and I, the first thing I notice when I come in their house is. There's this pillow on their couch that just says the word no, N O, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm looking at it. And I'm like, that's such a funny, like, like I'm thinking it's like a quirky like look, look, little mom you know pillow. It's just like right. instead of saying lift left love, it's just no. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like that's actually really funny. And I tell Michael, and he's like, that's actually yeah, that's kind of funny. I took a picture of him holding it one day, and like we were just like, and then we go into Town Square one time just to go shopping with the family. They went to the, like the farmers market to go look at like which by the way. All their food is fresh. It's all housed on the island. So, like, if they get mussels or, like, um, oysters, they're from the island. The cows, potatoes, everything, they're all on the island. Like, there's nothing from the outside. It's so, so cool. It's so good. Um, We go into the town square, and all the merchandise that they have, they're like, every shirt says no on it. And I'm like, why is it all say no? <laughs> I was like, I'm so confused. Why does it all say no? And we realized that's just that's just the abbreviation for Newmontier. <laughs> first two letters. <laughs> we were just in there. We were like, why is it all say no? We realized it. We're like, oh my god, we're so stupid. <laughs> but honestly, that's comedy gold. It's just a bunch of shirts that just all say no, <laughs> and pillows so that funny? say no, and blankets that say no. It's just so funny. Like I, I can't believe we thought that. And signs that say welcome to no. Welcome to no. <laughs> Bienvenue, no. Um, so yeah, um, I told myself whenever I went to France that I was not going to refuse any food given to me. Um, I was going to be open-minded experiment. And, um, I right now recollecting cannot remember a single bad meal I had. Every meal I had was the best meal of my life. That's pretty insane. Like, especially with, with Claudine, Claudine was just this incredible cook and it wasn't like, she was just trained, and it was just very simple. Mm-hmm. They took us to the farmers market, like the one of the first days we were there. We 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 arrived. Of course, we were just exhausted. But they gave us like duck pate, which is just not like the most appetizing thing ever. But it's just like pate. They gave us saucisson, which is sausage, but it's very very different sausage than you know Germany or you know anything Western. Right. It's just it's very dry and like it's got pieces of like fruit or um, nuts in it. It's just the most delicious thing. Um, and, of course, fresh baked baguettes, bread, and, you know, stuff like that. And everything was great. Next day we went to the farmer's market, and um, Michael loves oysters. They got a huge bag of oysters. I have always thought of oysters as not rocks, so I was always, you know, apprehensive. I never really tried oysters. So um, I guess that would be what you could call the be- the worst meal. 
but they had other stuff to eat too. So I was eating that stuff, you know, with, right. with the oysters. Um, but other than that, I, I told myself I was going to try it and give it several different tries. I did. <laughs> um, and uh, we went to the butchery and I was ha- had a translation app on my phone because they were like, pick whatever cut of meat you like. I'm like, what? <laughs> so I looked down and I'm like, okay, I know that's a tenderloin. I'm not going to ask for that. You know, it's really expensive. And I kept going down the line. And I was like trying to find, like, remember like what cuts of meat, you know, I know. Right. Um, like uh, sirloin and like, well, sirloin is different in in Europe than it is in America. I'm like, I don't know. And I'm like looking at the transition app and I was like, finally, like, okay, fine. Tenderloin. Just give me tenderloin. And they're like, okay, yeah, sure. They gave us, um, they, you know, cut it up and gave it to us. And it wasn't like she just had this amazing technique, you know, Bobby Flay or anything like that, but she cooked it for us with some little tiny potatoes that they grew on the island. Um, every time we drove past a potato field, Gerard would go, patat, 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 patat. <laughs> um, which is, of course, potato in French. It was so cute. And it was the best steak I've ever had in my entire life. The best steak. Yeah, I had the best steak I ever had when I was in Germany. I was just floored. I was like, this is so incredible. Um, and, of course, these people love to watch us perform. That's why we get invited every two mm-hmm. years to go to France. Um, so we did a couple different things. We performed, like, madrigal stuff, which would be, like, our standing choir stuff in a lot of different churches there. All the churches there have been there for centuries, so they're just beautiful, mm-hmm. beautiful churches with amazing acoustics. Um, of course, I got to see, see all these girls, these, these amazing arias um, there. And this was also the same year that the the Notre Dame Cathedral had that huge fire. Oh, right. It had um, just happened right before you guys went, right? Yeah. So we didn't get to go in there, but we got to sing because a lot of us were in the Notre Dame, Hadrack and Notre Dame musical. Um, it was very easy for us to learn that the, the opening of Notre Dame, but – uh, modified. We modified some of the lyrics because obviously that's based on the musical. Mm-hmm. Uh, we modified it to say like you know inspiring stuff, and we uh, they we translated it from English to French so they could understand it. And there was just tears all over. Mm-hmm. Every time we sing that song, it was beautiful. Um, we went to the beach one day. Uh, we 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 had this weird like this super huge picnic at this guy's house, and he had this. Uh, sangria fountain. <laughs> a sangria uh, fountain. Yes. This guy had this huge fountain in the center and it was just pouring sangria. I mean, he must have spent like, I mean, I don't know. It was never stopped pouring That's sangria. That's so weird. Um, well, obviously it never, it obviously it doesn't always pour sangria, but like whenever he has this huge party, of course. He right, probably, yeah. You know. um, he's so, just pumping sangria through whatever he's, system he's got. Yeah, and it's this beautiful, you know, garden area. Right across the street is the beach. So we, of course, get absolutely plastered <laughs> and waddle over to the beach. And um, we play and have fun. We take pictures. We do goofy college stuff. I mean, it, and eat yeah, picnic style with our host families. I mean, it was just beautiful. The beach was amazing. Um, we uh, went to this museum where we had uh, – I watched I, – the museum was really cool. And it was like this huge – castle the castle had been there for thousands of years but they had artifacts in the castles that like went into like millions of years old that are carbon dating like like 
I I don't think I've ever seen anything that old. Right. It was like a piece of you know like um like a spear and like some other stuff. Didn't have fossils, but they had like you know artifacts of mm. like humans making stuff, and then they just had that. I was just blown away. It was awesome. Um, and then we sang, sang, sang. <laughs> more and more churches. Yeah, one of the museums that I went to when I was in Berlin, mm-hmm. we went to the the history one and the art museum, and yeah, the history one. I had the same experience. You know, you're looking at all this stuff. Like the 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 first people were making, yeah, and they've got those artifacts just sitting there, and there was this one skeleton of like this old, like this old type of caribou that I kid you not, this thing was like like twelve feet tall and like nine feet long, like it was ginormous, and I was I was if this thing existed today. I wouldn't want to live on the earth because that's terrifying, and I yeah. never want to encounter one ever. Yeah, but yeah, seeing all those things that's just that incredibly old in these museums. Yeah, I had the same experience. It was especially when a museum is quiet. Just looking at those things and reading about them are really breathtaking. It is. Um, and I haven't even gotten to Paris yet. We went to several different places in Paris that just absolutely took my breath away. Oh yeah, and I can't even like I can't even picture it in my mind without first of all without tearing up. But I can't. My picture in my mind can't do it justice from being there. Oh, no, um, definitely not. So um, this goes on. Now, I will point out, before this, um, this whole year we've been practicing, you know, our shows and, like, you know, getting ready for this trip. All these people I've talked about, our teachers have said, you're going to love your host families and you're going to cry whenever you leave. Mm. And I'm like, you guys are full of shit. There's no way I'm going to fall in love with these people over a week. I'm going to, you know, go there and leave. And everyone had that same thought. These people, like, changed my life. Hmm. They're just so, they're just the sweetest people. And they bonded with us. They helped us. They um, they took us from place to place. They just were our parents for a week. Yeah. And it was just amazing how hospitable and great they were. And, of course, I'll get to the emotional stuff later. Um, but... Um, oh, I almost forgot. This is like the most funny part of the whole trip. Um, one point we got to go to a middle school. Uh, we went to two different middle schools, but we split up. Um, and one of our groups was really fun and one of our groups was not. And I was in the fun group. We went to this middle school and, uh, we got to teach some of the kids English. We got to bond with some of the kids, teach them about Florida, um, and just, go out and play with them after they were done with the class. So, you know, we all they told us though is that we're going to go to school. And we're like, "Well, what are we going to do when we get there? Like, what are we going to, you know, like are we going to teach them? Like, are we going to sing to them or what? <laughs> we're going to sing to these children." And they were like, "No, no, you're going to, you know." And so, okay. And we arrive, the first thing they do when they see us, all the kids are outside, they're standing there like, Ooh, you know, kids, you know, they're just uh-huh. being dumb." And they sing us the American National Anthem. Super, super sweet. We don't know the French National Anthem. Of course not. Uh, of course they sing that one too. Um, we go into their classrooms. They're like, okay, we'll divvy off here, divvy off here, and you know, blah, 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 blah. We go in there, and the teacher, of course, speaks English. She's like, you know, talking to us. She's like, so uh, does someone want to come up here and, you know, teach the class about Florida? We have a slideshow set up. Michael's like, gotcha. <laughs> Michael gets a video of Michael just floundering in front of these kids. It's just like, you know, being 
you know, Derpy Michael. Of course. Pointing at stuff and like, you know, oh yeah, this is our flag. And, you know, the kids are laughing. It was just so much fun. And everyone loved Michael. All the kids. They just adored Michael. Thought he was the funniest thing on right. earth. And um, eventually, uh, we go to lunch. After we've been playing outside and stuff like that, we go to lunch. And they feed us and everything like that. We're sitting, we're, all of us are sitting at the table, uh, all the college kids. And then Michael eventually goes and um, sits with some of the kids and just, just hanging out with them and talking to them. And I'm looking at him, and I'm like, these these kids are, like, attached by the hip to him. Like, they're just going to – they're never going to let him go. And it's going to get kind of creepy and scary. Like, not, not, <laughs> not in a weird way, but it just gets that way with Michael. And the kids are like, can we take a picture? Everyone, I mean, now they're crowding. And take a picture, take a picture. So I grab my phone. And this moment is forever captured, like, in video. I watch it probably – like once every couple of months, I would definitely go back and watch, but I watched it a million times. Really? Yeah. There's a, a horde of kids around Michael and someone's taking pictures and I'm behind videoing and everyone said, and Michael's like looking around, like, okay, everybody one, two, three. And instead of saying cheese or whatever, they all say one, two, three and go, Michael. <laughs> and you just see the look on Michael's face. <laughs> He's just like, I don't know what I've done. Like, I, like it's, <laughs> It was so surreal, and we were just, like, dying, laughing. Like, it was, like, out of a movie. Like, this, you know, cult of children just, like, followed Michael around like, like they, he was and they all God. And they all got together outside of you guys and got, let's scream Michael if we get a picture. Like, it was just so funny. Um, and afterwards, you know, they went outside, and we played games with them, and we took a huge picture. It was really, really fun. And a lot of those kids – Asked for our Instagrams and our Twitters and stuff like that. And, like, of course, they were much younger than us. So, you know, it was kind of weird. But we were like, yeah, go ahead. And, of course, I think slowly but surely we kind of blocked them, you know, stuff like that. Because it's just it's, – it's very weird to, you know, have someone – because a lot of people, like, you know, were crushing on the American boys. And that's just kind of, you know, we definitely want to separate ourselves from right. that. Um, so, of course, now I don't think any of them follow me or interact with me at all. But – there were some really cool kids. Like, they were just super fun. Um, and then we come to our show choir performance, which was, like, a whole day of just nonstop, like, rehearsal, setting up, and the microphones that we didn't bring our own mics. They had to provide them, and, like, that whole system was all messed up. It was just – it was mind-nubbing how long we were there in, like, their little convention center hmm. performing all day. It was just mind-numbing. But – the payoff was just absolutely incredible. Um, Cause that show actually meant a lot to us. Like it was just a wonderful assortment of songs. For those of you who don't know, um, I was part of a show choir. So we basically we would sing and dance at the same time. It's just the difference between that and like a, a magical choir or like a standing choir. Um, so this one in particular had like kind of a, a narrative to it. It was like a basic high school you know, high school musical, if you want to call it that. Very basic, you know, the writing didn't win any, you know, awards or anything like that. But I think the reason why we just got in so into it is just because the music was so, so well put. put. I, I think it was just, and we just, you know, grown together so much as a, as a group, as an ensemble. And we got to those last couple songs and <sighs> some emotions. Was it, was that the last time that you were going to be performing those songs? Yeah. Um, we were going to perform 
magical stuff for a couple more, you know, days. Right. Um, and that stuff, again, doesn't, doesn't really mean a lot to us. I mean, it does to other people, but to the show choir, it, it's, you know, we got to perform that one time, basically. Um, so, and that was what we've been training for all year to make sure that was perfect for these people. And we actually performed two different shows, which is the, the first time that they'd ever gotten that treatment. We did, we'd always, always only done one show. By the end of it, we're like panting, like we've been there all day. Like we're still exhausted because their f- their sleeping schedule is so different than us. Yeah. Um, of course, we 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 were doing stuff early in the morning, and they were you know getting up with us. But they still eat dinner at like ten o'clock at night. They don't they don't eat, and they yeah. drink and they drink wine with dinner. So it, it's just it, dinner has always been like a late affair. Um, so we were all just so tired. But like the payoff for that show performing for these people and them just clapping for us and you know for like it's always the last show that's just so emotional um and it was it was my last show choir show ever so that made me tear up as well because i'd been doing show choir at that point for almost five years right three three four well four years um so it was a very emotional time Hmm. um so after that Oh, I get to talk about Puy de That was like that big, almost carnival yes. type thing, right? Yeah. So this is so hard to explain, but bear with me. So imagine Disney World. Okay. okay. It's like the size of Disney World, honestly. Um, I have my eyes closed and I'm imagining everything. But Really put me there. It doesn't have any rides. It has instead shows just shows so imagine like disney's musicals but like on a on a monumental scale okay so it's like the size of disney but replace everything with shows yes so you know you have the the travel guide with you and it's a map and you're walking over to the next ride it's it's the same distance it's like nature and you know stuff like that and there's you know decorations and Mm -hmm. you know music it's it's carnival i mean carnival food it's the same thing but instead of rides instead of waiting in line for a ride you don't wait in line you get right in and you sit down and you watch a show the shows are breathtaking they are spectacles They're, they're like nothing on earth i'm i cannot express to you how incredible they are um they and they're all historical shows so one of them was like the three musketeers and you go walk into this huge like um it looks like the buckingham palace it's this huge like palace Hmm. you walk in you come in and the stage is probably like 800 no like it's probably like two football fields wide and it's they do horse dances and they do like water tricks and stuff like that. Like the, the it's like stadium seating. So there's like a couple thousand people watching at once. Like it is just incredible. They did, they did this huge Coliseum uh, show where, you know, it's literally the Coliseum. It's like this huge, you know, I don't know what, it's, what to call the building, but it, you know, it's a Coliseum. You walk in, you get into the stands, just like a stadium. And you're watching, you know, gladiators fight mm. in real time. You watch real lions jump and stuff like that through hoops and animals parade. It, it is just just like historical, you know. And and the whole thing is they're not like live performing, or they're not live orating. They're mouthing and they're you know using mm. their they're still they're um pantomiming essentially. And everyone there is a uh, a live speaker that's playing the music and they're playing the words in French. But you can download the app, and if you have headphones, which they, of course, all told us to bring, um, 
and they actually, I think they provide you with headphones in the park too. You could put headphones in and listen to it in almost any language. So it's, and it's synced to the show. So, you know, I start watching the show, I hit play and it's the same show, but it's just played to me in English. So I can understand what's actually happening. And, you know, normally like if it's a Viking show, which there was a really cool Viking show, um, you know, I know what's happening, so I really don't need to listen to the English translation. Like the Vikings are gonna come and and they're gonna know, yell, and then they're gonna and they're gonna fight. steal the Holy Grail, and you know, uh-huh. it, it it was again that show was just so amazing. Um, but that whole day, I don't think, like I said, I, I this is a common term I use. I don't think my bottom lip touched my top lip. Yeah. Like, I was just like gaping mouth the entire day. Everything was just, and they described this to us, you know, back when we were in. Crestview, like, like, yeah, we're gonna go to this music park. It's like just shows, and we're like, that is the most boring, <laughs> dumb thing. And Joe was like, uh, uh, you're going <laughs> to love it. You're never gonna forget it again. And I sure haven't since then. Um, it was absolutely amazing. It, and they are thinking about, or they are in the process of making a Puyafu in America, really, with the American history in, instead of the French and European history. Uh, um, which kind of lame. I don't know. I, I, I would love to see it. Um, I, I don't know how far into the process they are. This has been something we've been talking about. The whole thing, the whole legend of it is really cool, too. So this guy, far, a long, long time ago in, like, the 1900s, you know, I can't remember exactly. So long ago. I can't remember exactly. It wasn't, like, in the 80s, but it was, like, it wasn't, like, in the 20s. This guy was, like, I want to do a show. This is very, very basic. Like, this is very, um you know, uh, condensed. I want to do a show. This is that. And he hires a bunch of people without telling them he doesn't have any money to run the show. But he's like, I'll tell you what. This is going to be a legendary um, affair. Like, this is going to last forever. I have this idea about doing a, a show about history and stuff like that called Puy de Fou. You know, I, I, I promise you, if you do this for free for me, if this whole cast of people is listening to him, if you do this for free, just for the love of art, for the love of history, I will make it worth your while. We will make this. We will make history. This will be the best show ever. You know, etc. This could be a movie. I mean, literally, it's amazing. And they all agree. And of course, now we know what happened. Puyafu became this legendary park, and the people go from all over the world. People go to Puyafu, all over the world. Um, and do people come to perform in Puyafu from all over the world as well? Yes. Um, Horse riders, um, falconers. There was this huge bird show that was there that just um, probably like 10 – at one point, like 10,000 birds, and I'm not exaggerating, were flying above us, circling us in this little coliseum thing. I mean it was breathtaking. Every year they do one show in, tr- in tradition where the all well, – like one day of all the people who work there perform for free. It's just part of their tradition because of how how it all started, how it all started, and how dedicated they are to the arts. Right. It's so beautiful, um, and I literally, I literally will never ever forget Puyafu. And I want to go back so bad. Really? <laughs> like I, I, I could go to France and do like one of two things. I would love to go back to Paris, but I would go to Puyafu first. I would, I, I'm gonna go ahead and say that. And I would bring, you know, friends because it's just it is so much fun. It is so breathtaking. Um, and I have videos of stuff. And I, I, and I just I'm behind the camera, just dumbfounded at what I'm watching. Like when you rewatch the videos. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, 
both. I'm still dumbfounded by watching the videos, but like I'm, li- I just think about myself behind the camera, just being like, "What is?" Happening? Oh, like as you're <laughs> like, videoing it, you're like, like, "I won't miss anything with my eyes or my camera. I don't know what to do." Like, like it's like watching a car crash, like the entire time. Like it is just high octane, beautiful stunt work, and it's beautiful theater. It's just amazing. Pretty few, amazing. It was awesome. Ten out of ten. Probably, honestly, top three parks that I've ever been to. And I've been to quite a few parks. Um, I've been to, of course, Disney and a Disney Paris, which I got to. Um, Cedar Point, which is like the roller coaster capital of the world. Like I would put it up there, like way past all the other stuff. <sighs> okay, now we get to the sad part, <laughs> which is leaving my host family. Right. So. You said a week earlier. Were you with them for a week and then not with them for the second week? Mm. Okay, yeah. I see. So we were with them for the whole week, and then we moved to the more touristy stuff. After we got them with all the performing and stuff, we could do like history tours. We went to beaches in Normandy. We went to Paris, Cannes, all that kind of stuff. Right. So um, this day was amazing. They brought us um, – this cake and it's actually a pretty popular cake now um it it loosely translates to king's cake in french um but i can't remember the french name um but it's like these little bonbons they're like little circular little cakes and they're not filled or anything but they're really sweet and they stack them into like a little t- like a little um tier like a, like you know like a little pyramid right and then they drizzle it heavily with like hard caramel. So they melt a bunch of sugar and they drizzle it on top and then they do like dollops of whipped cream and then crushed caramel on top. You mean caramel? Um, my th- I'm not gonna, not even gonna address <laughs> it. One of the best cakes I've ever eaten. It's just so delicious. I love car- caramel. Caramel. Car- did I say caramel? Yeah, you said caramel. I don't like it. Okay, caramel, <laughs> Caramel. Um, I love caramel and we made lunch and everything. It was just delicious. We're spending, you know, the rest of our day because we had just been, you know, nonstop the whole week. Right. We got the first two days there. We're like, you know, eat food and go around and tourist and then performance, 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 pui fu, and we're back and we're like last day. So we're spending it with our host family, eating lunch, and they bought us um, Osti. Osti is, um, let me check this right. It's like Italian champagne. It's the same style of drink, but champagne is only um, actual champagne if it's made in the Champagne region of France. So no no one else can call it champagne if it's not made there. So Osti is the same drink, but it's made in Italy. It's actually more expensive in some areas like if, if it's made right. Um, so they buy us Osti, and we're like, man, they're like really treating us like royalty. Like it's just the sweetest thing ever. It's amazing. So we get that. Get some white wine, you know. We're drinking, 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 and I forgot to mention this. Um, well, I'll, I'll get to that in a second. I'm sorry. Um, so Michael, since we're talking about Austin, is trying to tell them in broken French and English what a mimosa is. Um, and he's like, "Yeah, mimosa is like orange juice and um, champagne. It's like you know, a really popular brunch drink in, in the Americas." And they're like trying to understand. It's like, no, like like jus d'orange, like you know. And he's trying to you know tell them. And they say orange liquor, and Michael's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." <laughs> we're still tipsy, so they bust out a flask of Cointreau, <laughs> orange liquor. Me and Michael kind of look at each other. We're like, "Okay, we're doing this." <laughs> they start pouring us shots of liquor. We throw them back, and we are just—I mean, at this point, we're really, really drunk. And 
when we first got there, um, we were doing a little tour of the house, and we noticed that there was a really, really old accordion um, sitting on one of the mantelpieces. And Michael's like, that's an accordion. I was like, that's so cool. I was like, who plays the accordion? And Gerard was like, me, I played the accordion. All right. He said, he basically said, I played the accordion when I was much younger. And we're like, dude, you should play for us. It'd be so much fun. And he's like, no, I don't play anymore. I don't play. And Claudine was like, yeah, he hasn't played for me in this many years. You know, we could finally get that out of him. We're like, and like, we go over eventually to um, their son's house where they have, you know, brunch and stuff like that with them. And we like, does he play the accordion for you? He's like, no, he's never played for me. And we're like, what? We wow. can't get him to play the accordion. So, again, shots, 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 shots. We're drunk. And we see Gerard go and grab the accordion, and we lose our ever-loving minds. <laughs> we're like, it's like we're seeing Michael Jackson in 83. Because you, you and Michael are both a little bit hammered at this point. So we he, are blown away. So he grabs like, it, and you guys are definitely going, Grab! Like, yes! Yes! I mean, we're just crying. Like, literally, yes! And he's like, you know, just like, like, like riding a bike, you just never forget those kinds of things. And he starts playing like, you know, like sailor songs. And me and my car swam back and <laughs> forth, you know. And these guys, they're, they're also just so funny. Like they're just, you know, so goofy and like, you know, quirky. Like their, you know, French stereotypes are just so real, you know. Right. Um, um, we're trying to like, you know, discover music with them. Like, you know, what music do you like? They're like, oh, we like David Bowie. You're like, oh, I know David Bowie. You know, we, you know, play songs with them while like, I start the fire. You know, um, and. We just, I mean, videoed ourselves swaying back and forth while he was playing the accordion. I watched those videos again all the time. Claudine was, and I mean, tears down her face. She was just like, you know, so, con- you know, uh, overwhelmed with emotion because she hasn't heard her husband play the accordion in so long. Mm-hmm. And it's just so emotional and beautiful. So after that, um, we get ready to leave. We were, we're trying to leave like in the afternoon to drive to con which was just like our staying place for like um like a day um and then we're gonna go from there to paris on the way we're gonna visit the beaches normandy and etc so you know packing our stuff up and michael's like you know yeah blah, blah, blah. you know we're just <laughs> chattering on and on that's how you guys talk to one another blah, 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 blah. <laughs> we get onto the bus into the in their car we go and we're in the little plaza in the front of the community center and we're just kind of waiting for Joe tells get on the bus, and Joe is. Uh, we just learned Joe is uh, leaving the arts center at Northwest. He's leaving, mm-hmm. and we literally learned this on the trip. So this is his last show choir performance, which again makes us well up with tears because he's been doing show choir for so long, and this is the last time he'll ever come to France, probably. Um, I mean, maybe not, but he he because he's been going to France for twenty years. Well, right. So he know he knows people there, so he might come back and visit, but it's gonna be a while for sure. So Joe's very emotional. He's like, all right, get on the bus. He's crying. You know, all of us are kind of like, you know, oh, this is, this is what they were talking about. <laughs> so we turn to Claudine and Gerard. I see Michael start tearing up. I'm like, oh, no, like, I can't. Michael, you can let me down. And I, I, I have cried harder, maybe twice than that. It was just such an emotional roller coaster that entire week. But it was that was the culmination. Just. I was so going to miss them. And that year, they sent me a birthday letter, like, in the mail. Wow. Because um, they have our address and stuff like that, you know, from the pen pal and stuff like that for mm-hmm. the whole year. 
They wrote me messages on Facebook. Whenever Corona broke out in March, they sent me a message on Facebook said, hey, I hope you guys are okay. You know, like. That's so cool. I was like, you guys are the best. Like, it was just amazing. Um, So after, you know, they started scooping out the tears from the bottom of the bus. Right, yeah. Because there was a little puddle, uh, you know, on the bottom. You guys were waterlogged. We were waterlogged. After they did that, we departed for Kong, where we got to a hotel. Um, not the most glorious hotel ever. <laughs> um, Do you know if it was it a hostel or was it just like a straight up hotel? I have no idea what a hostel is. It's like it's there. A hostel is basically a hotel, but they're all throughout Europe. They're like they're they're hotels, but they're typically worse. Uh, it may have been a hostel. But sometimes they're just kind of like in the direct middle of a city instead of kind of like in the outskirts of it. It was a very small room. Very small, and I think the three of us had to share it. And I was on the ground; I just didn't get any sleep. But we played laser tag at some point because um, we were just looking for something to do. Uh, and we found a laser tag place, and we all kind of like walked through Con, which is Con's a beautiful city. Um, walked through Con to uh, the uh, laser tag place. Camden whooped our butts uh, in laser tag. Shout out to Camden. Uh, and uh, we. After that, we went back to the hotel, and then the next day we left for the beaches in Normandy, um, which was another emotional roller coaster, <laughs> to say the least. I don't think I've ever told you this. Um, we go there. We go to the memorial site um, where they have the the, the, the sea of <laughs> white crosses, you know, because yeah. it's such a bloody day. Um, all the American soldiers and stuff like that. But this is like the forty, like the seventy fifth anniversary, I think, was that year. So Donald Trump was actually preparing to come to Normandy like the week before, the week we were there. Oh wow! Um, so it's kind of a weird timing, you yeah. know. Uh, we sang "Amazing Grace" and another really sad song uh, there, and it was just you know very solemn, very emotional. Mm-hmm. There was no one else at the park, like in the park, the the memorial. No one. It was just us. Um, after that, we went to the beach where they. The uh, Omaha Beach, where they stormed, you know, the yeah. place, and they have a huge monument there for the for the soldiers. And people often take sand from the beach, hmm. um, and take it home with them. I don't know why, but I didn't do that. Um, you did or did not do? I that? did not do that. Dang it! I forgot to talk about the salt. <sighs> That's okay. We'll skip it. I, basically, the island that we were on was a huge, has a huge salt. I'll go ahead and talk about it because I I don't care. All right. Um, backtracking a little bit now, but. The island of Numantua is famous for its salt. It's it's has this archaic, um, ancient method of mining salt, um, where like they they scrape the earth literally to get salt out of it, and it's the most pure salt like in the world. It's called fleur de sel, and you only get it in Numantua, as far as I know. Um, it's like the I mean, and I hate I don't like um, saying you have to taste it. Because obviously you really can't unless you buy it from there. Um, it doesn't taste like anything else on earth. It doesn't. Um, like Himalayan salt, you know, you have all these mm. like famous, you know, not famous, but you know, just different salts rather than your like t- typical table salt. You're like, oh, okay, that's you know, still the same thing. It's just you know more flaky. Or I think it is the chefs from all over the world seek it and you know, use it for their recipes. It is absolutely amazing. Um, I got to see them harvest it, and you know, I took some home with me and used it for various cooking purposes. 
Um, but I don't remember where I was going with this because I I went back backtracked. Right. So salt. And then what was it? What was I? Do you think of that? I'm not sure because oh, you were talking sand, about picking sand, up sand. Sand yeah. and Waha Beach. Okay. So after that, right? Um, okay. And this is the crazy part of that whole day. So we're walking back from the memorial, and we see some guy. He's very suspicious looking. And then he runs across the gravesite, pulls his dick out, and starts peeing on the graves at, at the memorial. And we're all just standing like, what the F? Like, what? Like, it was just the most, like, wild thing. Like, you just hear about that on the news, but you never, like, ever imagined seeing it happen. Right. And security guards came and just ripped him to shreds, like, tackled him and, like, you know, put him in handcuffs, obviously. But we are just like... You should have joined him on the phone. Just punched him. <laughs> just a lot. It was just, like, the most jarring thing. Like, like we went to singing, like, this super solemn song to walk, watching some guy whip his pee-pee out. And just <laughs> and pee-pee. <laughs> and urinate everywhere. Um, so, um, as far as culture shock goes, right? Culture shock really didn't come until I went to Paris. Um, and I guess I can talk about this in a little bit, but I I don't feel like I was that non-acclimated. Like I was like, okay, this is normal. Like this is kind of like Destin in a way, you know, they have a tourist season, you know, we were just not there during tourist season. Right. You know? Um, so, it, you know, it's all kind of the same, but for, for a lot of the time that I was, um, okay, l- 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 I'm sorry. I'm, I'm kind of losing, I'm kind of going crazy now with my trains of thought. After we went to the the Omaha Beach, we went to Mont Saint Michel. Mont Saint Michel is this beautiful world attraction. It's in France. It's this beautiful cathedral. Um, it's been there for like I want to say, I think like the original building, like the original like like foundation of Mont Saint Michel, dates back to like only like five hundred or so years after. Christ walked the earth, like that the assumed time that Christ walked the earth, right? Like that's so old. Hmm. And then, like after that, of course, it's been added on. It's, now it's a tourist attraction, so there's like shops and stuff like that there. But it's still it's still a, a active monastery today. Um, monks and stuff still live there. Hmm. So, which is kind of weird for me to think about because they sell stuff. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Um, but that place is gorgeous. And then, of course, after that, we made our way to Paris. So, Paris, we did a lot of stuff in a very short amount of time. Like, we only had three days there. We went to the Louvre. The Louvre was amazing. But the only thing that was bad about it was, um, how I put this? The 14 million people that were also at the Louvre. Yeah. Um, here's the thing about the Louvre that I didn't know. The Louvre is the biggest museum in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes up, like, six city blocks like it's not like you know a, a building it is like a it is like central park it's basically a neighborhood it more than that it's like it's like central park mm-hmm. in new york city like it's a huge chunk of of paris um there's like a couple million pieces of art that are in the louvre and only like six percent of that is on display and every single square inch of every wall has art on it. 
It's not like there's a painting and then you move on and then there's a painting. It is literally from top to bottom, every room you go into, and there's just we didn't even go into most of it. Like we went into we did we did like an hour tour and we went to like we 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 continuously just kept walking, like power mm-hmm. walking throughout the entire thing. We're like looking, 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 statues, statues, statues. Like we're just like you know, ga- you know, gandering. But there's people everywhere, like so many people, um, and we we didn't even like so we saw like a percent of a percent of the Louvre. Yeah. Um, and we saw so much. We saw um the Mona Lisa, of course. Uh, and we saw uh the which, from what I understand, is very small. Yeah, and it's funny too. Um, this is a very juxtaposing thing which i just said because it used to be um in a different area but they moved it into its own room and like i said every square inch of these hundred foot ceilings you know every square inch is covered painted on the roof you know ornate mm-hmm. um you know little things on the on the ornaments and stuff like that paintings all up and down huge paintings i mean just you know everywhere and the mona lisa is in this like you know Hundred foot by hundred foot room, um, maybe it's like you know the the floor is like maybe like I don't know five hundred. No, it's it's more. It's like it's like a thousand square feet, mm. right? There's a sea of people, and then all the way over there, behind some glass, is the Mona Lisa. There's no, it's all white walls. There's nothing else in the walls. I think they were just renovating the room, um, but it was just so like jarring to me that that was the only painting in that room and like everything else was just so, you know, did they explain at all? Why the Mona Lisa is just as popular as it is. Um, do you not know why? Not really. Oh, this is something I actually know. I'm actually really excited to share this with you. Okay. There is only one reason why the Mona Lisa is as famous as it is. It was stolen. Um, so back the Louvre, when it was first, you know, conceived the Melissa was just part of Leonardo's um collection it wasn't really that really popular um and it was kind of just on the wall somewhere and someone stole it uh and it was stolen and it wasn't noticed that it was gone for like a week and a half um but then the guards noticed it was gone and it was like oh no crap you know <laughs> <laughs> dang it Leonardo da Vinci painting is that yeah that guy dude. yeah uh, that say, guy that one dude I was, about, about, I, I was about to say Leonardo DiCaprio so don't <laughs> go there Leonardo um, the Ninja Turtle is painting um they're like his one of his paintings is missing that's a you know a very valuable painting um and it made news it, all over the world people were and this is way way back in you know way 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 back like in the early 1900s mm-hmm. um. Mona Lisa missing newspapers and you know on what a radio and stuff like that, and eventually it was found and returned to the Louvre, and that was what drove people crazy about. Oh yes, the the finally the you know the uh, the majesty of the Mona Lisa the majesty has of the returned. Mona Lisa, the, her mysterious stare, enigmatic <laughs> gaze, all this stuff. I mean, art critics her androgynous face. Like her art art critics didn't like the the you know, the painting didn't like it before. Right. And now because it was, you know, stolen and returned that it's the, you know, the bees. Knees. Someone dude was like, I like it and I want it. And then they got it back and everybody was like, I also have always liked I've it. I've always <laughs> loved it. You know, 
So, it's just taken me up till now to realize its beauty. <laughs> yeah, that's the whole reason why the Mona Lisa is, is the most infamous painting in the world. Okay, because I was going to say, because it's just it's such a boring painting. I'm really, it's just a person. I'm really glad you asked that because that's I, it's one of the most interesting things about the museum, in my opinion. But, um, there's also just so much in the museum. Um, and it's not like it's not what you think. It is just this enormous yeah. mass of, of area of just art everywhere i there's this uh the book the da vinci code mm. by dan brown i read that sometime last year or a little longer than that and a lot of it takes place in the louvre like a lot of the beginning takes place in the louvre where like the initial murder happens mm -hmm. and he lays out the louvre really well like in the book when he's at the places he's at and so in my head I have this image of because obviously when you read, you know, you make your own imagery based on the words. Yeah. And so I have this image of what different parts of the Louvre look like, like even at, at night when nobody's there and everything's gone. Like I have this image of what it is, but I never then also looked up images. So I don't know what the inside of the Louvre looks like. I just know what my my image in my head from this book has told me what the mm -hmm. inside of the Louvre looks like, which is so bizarre because I know if I ever go, I'm going to be probably upset that it doesn't look the way it does in my head because i'm not upset but i'm gonna be like oh i was wrong this whole time it is jarring how different it looks than you think like it is it is jarring like every museum that i've ever been to is like the same like you walk in there's ornate halls and like you know the floors you know a certain way yeah and like you know it's very clear where you go you walk into the Louvre and it looks like an airport Really? Yeah. It's, you know, it, I'm sure it didn't always look like that, but it looks like an airport when you walk in and there's people muddling everywhere. And there's just like, if you want to go see the stuff made in Africa, go down this super long corridor. If you want to see Van Gogh, this is the way to go. Like, I mean, it is just million different jarring paths and it is huge. I cannot express how huge it is. Um, We did a bunch of stuff that day during tourism. I can't remember. We went shopping in France, um, which was wild um i never thought i would ever go shopping in france mm. in france in paris but i did um we went to i don't think we went to the eiffel tower that night so i'll save that for a little bit later i think we did i can just go and talk about it eiffel tower was amazing absolutely amazing it has a bit of lore behind it too because it obviously it's a part of the it's the, it's the World Fair. They make this, mm -hmm. you know, one type of monument uh, for the World Fair. And it was, like, nothing like anything else that had ever come before it. It was made of steel. It was the first steel thing made of, you know, in the World Fair. Um, and all the other things, they, they normally what they do is they, you know, make the thing. And then after the World Fair, they take it down. Yeah. Um, there are a couple of things that don't, that haven't had that happen. There's, like, the Arch of the Triumph that's still there. Um, and it's absolutely amazing. But, like, it's one of those attractions that I was talking about in the last episode where you literally drive around it. Mm -hmm. um, it's in the middle of the street, and there's this huge 18-lane roundabout around it. And if you want to see it, you can kind of – you can park 18 miles away and walk up to it, or, you know, you can drive around it and take pictures of it all the way around. Right. Um, which is what we did. Um, we got to uh, the Eiffel Tower. It's massive, by the way. Um, and it for, you know, however long, it was the tallest building the tallest thing in France. The skyline is super, super low in France. Mm -hmm. and I keep saying in France. In Paris. In Paris, it's super, super low. There's nothing high except one dumb building. <laughs> uh, it was built in like the early 2000s, and it's taller than the um, than the Eiffel Tower. And it, it ruins the skyline, and a lot of Parisians 
hate it. Like they mm. hate it because it blocks like half of the view from the Eiffel Tower into France, into Paris. I don't know why I keep saying that. It's gonna kill me. What building um, is it? Is it just some random it's like, like a, a bank or something? It's like a bank or something like that. It's it's nothing insane, but it's yeah, it, it's that's so bizarre because like I think in New York there's like a code that they're not allowed to build a building that's taller than the Empire State Building or something like that. Like there's a they they have a build once this building became famous or whatever they were like all right you know what nothing's allowed to be taller than that. This is a this is our uh, this is our spot. This is our monument yeah i know that for the city that was you know the tradition or whatever but yeah there's one building literally one and it's the only skyscraper there everything else looks a lot of it looks exactly like it did when paris you know became a city in however long ago right like it's all you know it, it looks it's old it's it kind of just old. looks like colonized europe yeah. and not like modernized it, it doesn't look modernized at all it's from up there the river seine is i mean looking at it that way i think it's West, if I want to say it right, because you, you walk, you walk all the way around. It's like a square, and you go, you can go all the way up to the top, and it's amazing. Um, but you don't need to go all the way up to see all of Paris. What, looking at the River Seine and seeing Notre Dame in the distance, and seeing all the arch, there's like, um, I think there's seven bridges that go across the River Seine hmm. all the way across, and they all are built by different architects. It's like this city was planned by artists. The city like lives and breathes art not it doesn't live and breathe you know money it doesn't live i mean of course you know it, it does but like yeah. it doesn't live and breathe you know it, uh, business it lives and breathes art there's no other way to describe it it's the most beautiful city ever like, it's just amazing it doesn't it doesn't follow a strict a strict city plan it doesn't it's not like square blocks right it is you know crisscrossing paths roundabouts all kinds of crazy you know because it wasn't planned that way it just kind of came together um and you see that from above when the sun's setting and you just you can't get you can't ask for anything better it's amazing um the last day uh i i know i'm forgetting something but i'm gonna go ahead and move on before you know we're here for another hour right the last thing we did was go to disneyland paris yeah baby this is something i think we could talk about a little bit extensively and go into some details because there's there's a lot of similarities. Um, first of all, they have Thunder Mountain and they have Space Mountain. Two but, of the best rides. But they, they're themed differently. Space Mountain is th- Star Wars themed. So it Very has cool. it has like this TIE Fighters when you're going on the ride and sound effects and it's really cool. But the all the line stuff looks exactly the same as, you know. Really? Yeah. It's not like Star Wars themed the whole way you go up there. But it's it's Space Mountain and then Star Wars Adventure. So you, the, everything else looks the same. And then when you get on the ride, it's like, bam, 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 bam. That's so un-Disney to have the line not themed for what they have well, the ride. Because Space Mountain was, you know, there before Disney bought Star Wars. Yeah, so, that's true. So, it, you know, it doesn't make sense for them to change the whole thing, it, you know. I mean, it kind of does, but. I mean, yeah, but it's just, that's just the thing. Same thing with the Indiana, it, Thunder Mountain was Indiana Jones. So, you know, you can tell they bought Lucasfilm and they were just like, yep, we're going to throw Indiana Jones in there. And like, yeah. There's no Indiana Jones lore, anything like that on the way up. It's all the same mining stuff. And then you get on there, it's bum, 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 <laughs> bum. Like, it's just, it's the same thing. Um, and I was with this nice little group uh, for Disney and it was a really, really fun, uh, a really fun day. 
But there's a couple of things that I don't like about Disneyland Paris. How dare you? The food. Um, the food was great, but the, there wasn't a lot of snacks. It wasn't like the, the, the Disney Mickey years. There was none of those at all. Um, there's no turkey legs. Of course, this is, you know, French. So I, I, can, I, say. <laughs> I can understand them not eating like pigs like we do. Um, but there was no like really weird special French things either. It was just like, you know, normal stuff. The popcorn. Um, there might have been popcorn. But I don't I don't think we ever stopped to eat snacks. But like we we, we, we sought out um the Mickey ears. We sought out the turkey legs. Like mm-hmm. we just couldn't get those. Also, the merchandise was awful. Really? Like it was awful. I looked everywhere because I was like, I'm I need to buy well, I bought pins and pins there were fine. Like they were just sent, you know, right, yeah. in the mill and I and I knew I needed some pins. Those are so, kind of universal. Yeah. But I was like, all right, I'm gonna buy a sweater or like a t shirt to remember. There are literally like none. And there's one sweatshirt that everybody bought. I didn't mm-hmm. buy it. Like I was like, I'm not matching with all these fools. Like you know, like I I, I came here to be different. Well, and I was like, okay, they have like a bajillion Disney shirts. I mean, there's got to be one that I like. I mean, I went to like eight different stores at the end of the day, and I was like, there's not a single one. Like what? That's um, so bizarre. So crazy. So I I think I bought a Disneyland shirt, but it does not fit me. Maybe like, Disney doesn't survive off capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, Kyle. <laughs> hey, if their merch is so you bad, that's a sentence that's never been said before. <laughs> <laughs> I did it. <laughs> well, maybe Disney doesn't survive all crap. Um, the last thing I want to talk about is our hotel uh, in Paris. I know that sounds weird, but I kind of forgot to talk about it before, so I'll talk about it now. All right, go for um, it. We had a really nice hotel in Paris. Really, <laughs> really nice. Um, it's like right in this very famous square there's this huge statue in the in the square um and also paris is in the middle of transitioning from it's been like 30 years since they started this but transitioning from cars to um all like electric or bikes um like bicycles right so they literally have a day in paris where there's no driving there's just bikes and walk like is it like a day per year like a day yeah it's, week, it's, a, it's a celebrated thing you know gotcha. they, they, they do it you know for you know green uh, green energy or whatever right so um so we're in this huge charter bus while little mopeds going around us and cars and all this, like it doesn't the the laws of traffic in Fr- paris will never make sense to me <laughs> um but they're in this square, you know, you have all the cars that have been, been passing. There's this huge, you know, little courtyard in between the hotel. And like, there's like a bar across the street and a pe- a famous pizza shop and all this kind of stuff. And, um, it was, uh, it was amazing. The sun didn't set to like 11 PM. Dude, that was the best part about Europe. The sun refused to go down. It was great. Like I, I, people were skateboarding off the the statue and like you know dancing in the street, and we just kind of like one night we kind of we went we went to the bar but we went out and just kind of like just were tourists and just did dumb tourist stuff in the street with my friends and it was just so much fun. I think that sentence when you're describing a situation, I think the sentence people were dancing in the streets is the sentence that invokes the most joy in a scenario. Yeah. Like if someone's telling me a story and they say people are dancing in the streets, that is the best thing they can say to make me think good things about the situation. I don't know, but something about that phrase, Yeah. it like just sparks like such a, 
immediate thought of just pure joy in the situation yeah is that phrase i don't know why but i just want to throw that out there because i like you said that and i was like oh this sounds great i want to be part of it always it was so much fun um and like i said our hotel was just very very nice um it was perfectly put it was amazing i i will literally literally never ever forget going to france it was just amazing yeah i mean it's honestly amazing how much of Germany I remember because I think the whole time that we were in Europe, we were like everything that we experienced, like good or bad or big or small. I think we both had this mindset of just like we refuse to forget anything. Yeah. Like like we're going to remember everything no matter what because we're somewhere write, that's not America. I should probably write all this down again as much as I can because I feel like when I grow old, I probably will forget. Yeah. When we when we first got there, they had kind of they told us that a good practice was to have a journal and just kind of at the end of the day, just kind of write things that happened so you can go back and, you know, not forget even some of those little things. And I think one or two people in our group actually did that. I know the guy that was in the same room as me, uh, my friend, Michael, he was doing that every night and he had this just big journal of just things that he had written down that we did every day. Uh, I didn't do it, but I don't, I, I, again, I don't feel like I've forgotten anything. Like, of course, I wrote, I wrote a lot of stuff down before last week's episode. And then mm. I went back afterward and I typed up more things. And I was like, I didn't talk about this. I didn't talk about that. I didn't talk about this. I'm going back right now. I didn't talk about that. Thinking about food and I'm thinking about, you know, things we missed out. Yeah. I had a bajillion good meals and I had one story of just an awful, awful meal. The worst meal I had was probably the oysters, but I also had pizza. Now, the pizza I had was in Paris, and I was I was had really high expectations. And not only that, I had not had pizza in almost two weeks, <laughs> so not a normal occurrence for me. So I was like super excited. I'm like, man, pizza! We've been looking for pizza the entire time. It was really bad. Really, I was just flabbergasted. I was like, this place has the perfect spot in you know Paris, and it's not great. Was it a French place? Yeah. Or, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It was a French place. Because in, in Germany, like, every corner you turned, you couldn't find a street that didn't have an Italian pizza place. Mm. There's so many pizza places in Germany that are all, like, lit, all of their logos and signs are the red, white, and green flag of Italy. Mm-hmm. There's so many Italian places. And so we had a, a good bit of pizza. So another funny story about food. Um, for the first week we were there, obviously, they all did home-cooked meals. There was mm-hmm. no like eating out or anything like that, so we ate with them. Everything with everything we ate, they gave us. So, a lot of people were not that lucky, um, as me and Michael. Our host families knew what we wanted to eat and fed us very well. And even if they didn't like, you know, ask us what we wanted to eat, they just kind of cooked something. It was still incredible. A lot of other people had some pretty bad experiences with the food and had some really bad culture shock. Um, there was one night where a friend of mine asked. You know, they didn't ask, but they were you know, like, we'll make you American hamburgers. So they like, okay, cool. So, you know, it was hard to explain, but they, like, basically took the pebbled ground beef and, like, kind of formed it into a patty and then just kind of, like, lightly, very lightly seared it on each side. Like, maybe turned it gray, but everything in the burger was still completely raw. Wow. Uh, and gave it to our, you know, our... Uh, our friends and they were like we can't eat this this is raw we, you know it's gross you know and they they didn't understand um how they couldn't you know tell them ew like you know what i mean like yeah it, like, it's so hard to communicate that, especially with the, the language barrier um but um 
coffee in France was amazing. I would assume so. Amazing. I mean, unreal. Amazing coffee. Um, oh, and I was getting to something. So after a week of eating home-cooked meals, for some reason, all of us were like, we need fast food. Um, now I wasn't like craving fast food, but I was definitely looking for it. You know what I mean? We, we, we had been, we were very lucky, but a lot of the people were like, I've eaten fish and stuff for like a week. I'm just, I'm so, I need grease. I want McDonald's burger. And that's exactly where they went. Really? We were on the way to con and we had just found this huge gas station to go to. And there was a huge McDonald's there. And they were crying, like literally <laughs> tears of joy, like, yes, eating McNuggets and having ice in the drink. That was another huge thing for them. Mm-hmm. You know, it was so funny. Something very, almost exactly similar happened to me. Really? Because in like the first two weeks we were there, because we, we had to find ways to eat because, you know, we were there for six weeks and we had to pay for all of our own food. So, you know, we'd buy stuff at like a grocery store and make food for ourselves. And sometimes we'd all just go out somewhere together. There's one time we went out to this place and it was this one part of town. It it wasn't German food or like it wasn't a German restaurant. It was, what was it? Was it Belgium? It was something, it was something similar to German food. Mm-hmm. And so we go in there and we're there for like 30 minutes before someone like comes to us at all. And so we order food and then in like an hour and 15 minutes later, some they come out with like three of the people's meals. Now, granted, there are about thirteen of us, but it was like again, like half an hour before they got to us, and like an hour fifteen before they brought food, and it was only for three people. And then, like fifteen minutes later, they brought like four more feel, four more meals out. So after about two and two of fifteen, two hours fifteen minutes is when we all had our food, except for my for my for my friend Nathan, who after all that he was like, I didn't get my food, and they were like, oh. We don't have any more uh, orders in there. What did you order? And, you know, he was like, the, the fish or whatever he got. And then 30 minutes passed, and we're all, like, kind of finishing up our food, which was really bad. Like, we had – I forget what the meal was, but some people got, like, this this bowl that had this gray sausage in it. And to my friend Andrew, it was legitimately the worst thing he had ever tasted. Legitimately, he bit into it and – could not contain his repulsion to this gray sausage. Now I ta- I tasted it and it tasted exactly like nothing. Mm. No joke. I put it in my mouth and I did not taste anything. I just knew that I was chewing. Like it tasted like what you think gray would taste like, which mm. to me is nothing. But he hated it and I had a curry worst, which was pretty okay, but like it wasn't the greatest thing I'd ever had. It just wasn't made that well cuz I had curry worst a couple other times that were phenomenal. This one wasn't made that well. And so literally four hours there for everyone to get their food, finish it or not finish it because it was just so bad. And so we got out of there. It's like 10 o'clock at night. And literally right up the road is this little plaza that's got like an H&M and a Subway and a McDonald's. And so everyone was like, guys, I didn't really eat much food. Can we just go to McDonald's? And I I told myself when I got there that I wasn't going to eat fast food while I was in Europe. So I didn't get anything at McDonald's. Mm. But a lot of people, they walked in there and we walk into McDonald's and this German McDonald's has a chili cheeseburger. And they were like, I want a chili cheese McDonald's burger. I want to know what that's like. But German chili cheese is not like American chili cheese. It's very different. Whoa. It's not like, because you know, like a, like a Sonic, for instance, yeah. you know, chili cheese. But in Germany, it's 
how do I describe this? It's it's chili, but instead of having like a lot of meat in there, it has no meat in there. And it's just kind of like a red sauce almost. And then the cheese that they put in there isn't like this melted cheese. It's like this – it kind of looks like a McDonald's egg like in a breakfast sandwich. It's just kind of like folded cheese. Hmm. And so I just kind of throw this red sauce and cheese on there, and they call it chili cheese, and they give it to you. Um so a lot of people got that because they wanted to try it. And, like, people were ordering ice cream cones because this McDonald's didn't do the American thing where they were like, our machine is broken. So they all got McDonald's ice cream. So a very similar experience. Everyone was just so distraught with the food that they had that they wanted McDonald's. Yeah. We also went to Five Guys in um, in Paris. Um, five Guys in Paris? Yeah. What in the world? Right. Um, and that was amazing, too. I mean, Five Guys is just great. Right, yeah. Um, but we went to Five Guys at some point. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's the good. Um, yeah, France. I'm, I'm feeling so nostalgic right now, dude. Dude, that that's how I was feeling last week. It was, I mean, it was a trip down memory lane, and it I need to fix that of the phone so I can just go back and look at the pictures because I haven't looked really, at them in really a while. Do. Yeah. <sighs> well, this has been episode twenty. Episode twenty. We are almost legal. We're four episodes past our ultimate power. We're almost legal. <laughs> <laughs> we have so many more milestones to hit, though. So many more milestones to hit. <laughs> oh, man. All right, guys. Uh, we will see you guys again next week. Um, Don't know what we're talking about, but we'll figure it out. Yeah, we will. We always do. <laughs> see you guys next week. Bye.